This podcast is intended for listeners that are 18 years or older. Explicit language, sensitive content, and views that are objectionable to some listeners may be present in the podcast. As such, listener discretion is strongly advised. Please read our podcast terms and conditions before listening to Up the Rabbit Hole. Okay, welcome back to Up the Rabbit Hole with a Sex Therapist. And this is Dr. Corey Hrushka, certified and diplomat sex therapist with my lovely assistant, Brandy. Say hi, Brandy. Hi. Today we are talking about sex in long distance relationships. Oh, the joys. And so, I mean, initially when I say that was the request because people were bringing up a bunch of questions. And so, you know, playfully to me would be also, I think we need to include what that intimacy is over the long distance because is the sex or intimacy. And we can chat a lot more about that as we go through. But now I'm going to, I have a joke. I'm not sure you have a joke. So it's kind of, <laughs> and we can talk a little bit about this because I'll go through my joke and then we'll see, because although this is about sex, it kind of gets interesting. So um, my partner and I just transitioned to a long distance relationship, or as they like to call it, a restraining order. <laughs> and so, I mean, that, that joke is partly a joke, but it's also, I've had cases where that is the case true, for true. both stalking and due to sexual dynamics. And so we can probably playfully talk a little bit about that uh, as oh, well as some of the risks that happen in and relationships, because, you know, most of the time we're talking about reasonably healthy relationships and people having some questions, but the question is what happens when it doesn't go so well, or it starts kind of getting into a more problematic uh, pattern of behavior leading to something that may require a restraining order. And that's never a good time. No, (laughs) No. Not, not, not at all. So, yeah, I mean, so the the topic is pretty easy to, you know, it's just what kind of issues people will have when you get into a long distance relationship. I know I've had, I mean, a a long distance relationship way in the past prior to marriage. And so I'm not sure if you've had any experience in long distance relationships. I have. Mine mine was probably a lot longer ago than yours. (laughs) (laughs) This is true. This which is changes true. into yeah the whole technology thing because uh, back yes. when I was uh, there was a phone that was it and yeah. you were paying full long distance prices for that so usually it was going to be short. <laughs> yes, now you don't have to pay the long distance prices and you can do anything you want to get access whenever you want. You got video, yeah. you got audio, you got, you got you know, yeah sexting, emojiing. You can kind of communicate in so many different ways. Hundred percent, yes. Uh, rather than letter writing and a phone call. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but how sexy were those letters? I tell you. <laughs> you can always throw stuff in there. The lipstick, yeah. lipstick on the, on the, Perfect. on the letter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Here's what I smell like. If you I'm dating myself. Yes. Oh. <laughs> oh, hey, well, let's, let's start off with some of the questions that's been brought to us. I'll let you oh. kind of go with that. We've got some fantastic questions. The first one's a little long, so just bear with me. Here it is. I'm an 18-year-old male who's in a long-distance relationship with my girlfriend. We go to colleges on opposite sides of the country, so we rarely get to see each other. Recently, I've been feeling sexually frustrated due to a lack of sex. I've asked my girlfriend if she could send me nudes. However, she's quite prompt to shut me down. She feels like I'm using her when I ask her to send me nudes. 
I try to reassure her that I'm not, but she still doesn't want to send them. She finds sexting cringy. I would never want to force her to send me nudes. The thing is, I'm an individual who values a sexual connection in a relationship, and I'm just not getting as much as I need. In all fairness, when we do see each other in person, the sex is incredible. My thing is, I don't know if I can continue to go these long periods without any form of sex. Need advice on how to cope with no sex in a long distance relationship. Whew. All right. So what are your thoughts on that one right off the bat? Because, I mean, I have a few and we were talking a little bit earlier. So tell, tell me your initial thoughts on that. Well, my initial thoughts are, okay, 18-year-old male, you are in your sexual prime. So I get the urge. So I understand that for sure. However, this is where I would really question things. Sexting doesn't work for all people. Not everybody wants to send nudes to their partner. It it's, doesn't feel right. There's actually even legislation that has had to crop up in the United States when people would use those nudes against other people. And so it's created a problem. Now more people have access than was intended. And so I really think that if your whole relationship is only based on sex, we need to look at the relationship. I mean, don't get me wrong. Sex is great. Sex within relationship is great. But it seems as though he's really putting a high price on the sex versus the relationship. And his inability to tolerate some uncomfortableness because someone is not there feeding that to him. I mean, I also have a question as he's 18. I'm curious how old his girlfriend is, uh, because if she's 17, uh, legally speaking, if she does to send a nude, now she is potentially getting into that dynamic of production and distribution of child pornography. And he will be in possession of that, which puts them both at legal risk uh, from a from a legalistic rent, even if she doesn't want. And so even if they may not fully follow through with that from it's still at risk that do you want to take that? And also, do you want your pictures on the internet for the rest of eternity? That's a problem. And, um, you know, I watch weird stuff on TV. I won't be, (laughs) but I just watched one and it was, it was on Netflix called the most hated man in the world. And he actually paid somebody to hack into people's emails to grab those photos that were intimate photos that were shared with their significant others. And then he posted them as quote unquote revenge porn on his own internet web domain. So is access easier to get if you're in a long distance relationship? Yes, but it's also a lot scarier. Like who has access? Do I post this to a website? Am I, who am I giving permission to look at this? What happens if we break up? It's, it's, it's a dangerous game and maybe I'm just old, but I think it's, I mean, I I don't think it's old. I mean, this is as a forensic psychologist as well, dealing with this stuff. It's, I see this more often than I, I want to in terms of the risks that people are willing or kids particularly and adults are willing to take because it feels good at that time and they can't see the potential consequences later on when someone decides to post those, you know, all over. And there's even some websites that were dedicated to, you know, burning your ex-partner because of whatever. And they were posting those pictures and statements and it was kind of unfiltered and you can't even prove who sent it up there, even though, you know, the person is the only person ever had access to it, but it's, it's up there for everyone to see and it's risky. Yeah, very risky. 
you know, especially if you get caught and the one is underage, you can get your hand slapped big time. So that is, is it worth the risk? Personally, no, not from a legal point of view. And then, you know, I always, always wonder what are you doing in regards to keeping the relationship going from a non-sexual perspective? I was just going to mention that because he said he values, he values sexual connection. I don't see anything else in here. Like where is he valuing the relationship or the intimacy connection that is not focused on the sex? Cause I'm not, he didn't, you know, it's, we're stuck in a question. So we only get so much, uh, but it seems to be just very focused on that. And again, I mean, masturbation is available 24 hours a day for him. Yeah. What is the issue in this dynamic that he's reliant on her or, needs her to be a part of that explicitly unless they made some disagreements that you know he not do that without either the agreed upon dynamic if he's looking at porn or if he's kind of you know so there's those little nuances about navigating the informed consent uh process on what is acceptable within the relationship for each other's sexuality stuff so at least they've been informed absolutely and so I would, you know, he asked the question, my thing, I don't know if I can continue to go these long periods without any form of sex. Well, you know, what are you putting more emphasis on the sex, the relationship? Like, what if this is a phenomenally amazing girl? Yes, she doesn't want to sex with you, but there's still things to do to keep things going. You can have like dirty talk. You, if she doesn't want to sex with you, you can have mutual masturbation over the phone. If you wanted to do that, you can tell each other, write these little notes of this is what I want to do to you, where I want to do it. How, you know, you can keep that kind of fire burning, even though there's not physical interaction all the time. And ultimately he has to decide if this is a relationship he wants to continue given the current circumstance if he cannot tolerate that worst case, right? I mean, my question would be, you know, that tolerance level that sounds like it's more problematic for him than it should be. Because he also says we rarely get to see each other. And so what is rarely? I mean, I don't know. again, that definition of what people say, well, rarely, oh, I only get to see him every, what, two weeks or three weeks and I can't handle the week without seeing them or monthly or, you know, quarterly or semesterly between holidays. So that, that's kind of that. Or once a year, you're lucky, you know, when I was in my longer distance relationship, like it was a year, we were gone, you know, basically I was in, in a different country. And then so you're away for the year before you come back. So that's it. You know, it's letters and phone call if you're lucky. <laughs> <laughs> that is aging yourself. It's so fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> funny, funny. Right. I think nowadays it's more, you know, you've got texting, you've got. Oh, I need five seconds later. I can connect with them wherever they are in the world. And, and, you know, so there's that immediacy, the impulsivity. And this leads to some of our earlier discussion about that is also feeds to that culture of immediate gratification. And I'm not willing to tolerate any timelines for what I want when I want it. And so I can text them wherever that, and then you get that immediate response back. So it, it does fire off that dopamine response, which makes people a lot more impulsive and less willing to tolerate almost anything. Absolutely. And I think, I mean, again, I understand this, this is an 18 year old male, but I, I also think that to keep a relationship alive, I mean, what happens if his partner is unable to have sex in in a year? Like, do you still want that relationship or is the sex such a priority that you would disband the relationship because it's more about sex for you? 
Yep. And ultimately, there could be a dependence on sex here, too, depending on what his frequency is, yeah. if he's defining sex versus because he's not having sex with her when she's in a long distance relationship. What is he doing by himself in that system? So uh, just a few things to think about. Lots regarding to think that. about. Yeah. And so, I mean, I wish them well. I really do. I hope it works out. Me too. <laughs> Second question. Currently in a long distance relationship, trying to find ways to spice things up a little bit through the distance, any recommendations for long distance toys or things to do such as vibrators or phone sex? Well, my first question is, it sounds like you already have a few ideas in there. So, I mean, when you're saying recommendations, are you wanting a recommendation for a particular vibrator or how to do phone sex? That would be my first stop. I know that I was doing some research and I knew about these for a lot of years, but I haven't really had the motivation or, or need, I guess, to look at, but there are some internet devices. And so one company called lovesense.com has some of these where they are web-based interacting wireless products that you can utilize with your partner long distance either through USB or wireless systems. So, I mean, you got the vibrating panties, the, you know, the wireless vibrators. The Wii Vibe. Uh, yeah, and so you can do that from technically now with, you know, technology any, anywhere in the world that has your Wi-Fi or cell phone access. Which, I mean, that can be fun, absolutely. And they have um, male and female equipment or, you know, to kind of utilize so that, they will move and ex I've had some that will they move and experience what the other person, what the other item is experiencing. So for instance, if there's a, a, a large penis or a penis that is kind of USB hooked up, when you press it, it will actually respond and feel in the other side. So if someone has the other part, it will respond to that and show you this is what someone's doing to you. So it's kind <laughs> of, an, so it's kind of an interesting you, it's like a, you, you add it onto your part or insert it into your part. And when it does whatever that person's doing to it, it sends it through to that to mimic that same pattern of behavior. Well, doesn't that sound like a good time? <laughs> I guess it depends on what they're doing. I know, this is true. This is totally true. You said they've already got some, some thoughts, but I mean, there's always FaceTime or Zoom where you can do anything you want. You can do, I think you can watch like a watch party to porn, mutually masturbate, phone sex for sure. I mean, sexy text messages. For me, the thing for spicy stuff, I like to, my, my favorite old school thing again is kind of the, the purity test. Or the, we have like a yes, no, maybe list. So there are oh, lists, sure of, lists of activities or things which, you know, you, you may not, or sometimes you should not be participating in, but it's still a list of things that people have done or may do. And it's just a playful way to go through that list. And the way I know when I was doing the purity test in university, they had three or four versions, the 100 question version, the 400, the 500 and the thousand version question. And there's a few different thousand version questions. You can spend a long time just going through that list. And then sometimes people will just focus on seeing how they can lower that list or give them ideas. And I laughed because it was funny. The, the new Netflix, Big Mouth, the new season just came out. And so part of that and during one of the sessions is that was one of those things that they were doing is the purity questionnaire test. And I laughed. It's like, uh, good old days. Uh, so yeah, so they were doing that and 
the comparison between the high, high scores and the low, low scores and the responses that people will do. Cause the rule on that was to just, you have to give your score. If you're going to do it, you have to just share your score. You don't have to share what you did, but it's just sharing the score and it's becoming a playful dynamic to see what people do to either try to up their score or lower it. But not necessarily old school. I use that both of those actually in session with my couples. You bet. If they're struggling, like, I don't know how to spice things up. And I go, well, I got this fun little questionnaire for you. It's called Yes, No, Maybe. Starts off, you know, with body boundaries. It's pretty vanilla. And then it goes a little bit more interesting. And then it gets into really like, oh, my goodness, people are participating in that. (laughs) So you you just answer and you can discuss it. And if you don't know what something is, you can look it up and go, oh, wow. Okay. So this is what this is. And it really kind of gives, which can lead to sexy time. So you can even do that over the phone together. You can get in touch with us. We can send that out to you, but it, it does create kind of a buildup of. It plants the seeds in your head in terms of things and <laughs> possibility. So it warms you up lots of times, or, I mean, it could cool you down because some of them are like, yeah, no, I don't know. <laughs> This is true, but it does give you the option because sometimes what I find and what I talk with my clients about is like, sometimes is having the conversation be like, Ooh, Oh, this is fun. Which yeah, can do other things. And a lot of people have a limited idea or a list of activities. It's kind of like cooking. If you've never really cooked a bunch of different meals, you might know your, you know, your spaghetti and meatballs and that's really about it. And so the more you learn to cook, the more you have that experience in going to different dynamics and different foods and, you know, sexual activity, then you get a broader buffet of activities that you at least know about. There's some amazing books out there. And I tell this is how well my partner knows me. So for Christmas, <laughs> I got a book that was entitled Sex. And it went through really everything on there. It went through positions. It went through toys. It went through the how-to's of oral, anal, vaginal, all of it. So there are- and You're starting on the first chapter and working your way through? (laughs) I reread it. I lend it out to clients now. But, you know, it really gives some- You you, you already did it all. (laughs) (laughs) No. (laughs) But it does give people some options of like, oh my goodness, how is this possible? Or is this something that looks like we should try? And would it be fun? Or- it gives you new options of just, I didn't do it this way, but maybe I can try it this way. So plus it's got pictures. So really what else do you need? Number three, I'm a 26 year old female and love my long distance boyfriend who's 27 year old male, but I sometimes get small crushes on other people or think about sex with other people. This is reoccurring in my relationships. For some background, my boyfriend and I are long distance and have been most of our relationship. We are planning on moving close to each other again, which is a big step. We've been dating for six years with marriage in mind. Do I have the problem or is he not the one? You've never had crushes on anyone else while you're in a relationship, (laughs) have you? (laughs) She just grins. I think it's pretty normal. I think, of course. you know, to really uh, appreciate either what someone looks like or what their personality is, or you can hang out with them and have a great time. I think that's pretty normal. It doesn't mean that you love your partner any less. You just happen to have a great bond with somebody else. Doesn't like eye candy. Cool. Yeah, you can have eye candy. You can have the relationship eye candy. Welcome to romance shows where people... You know, oh, they find you know they find fondness or find someone attractive even in a movie dynamic, right? Because they're yeah. they're doing the things that you like or kind of work through. So 
the issue that I'd have more is just, you know, what is the follow through and, you know, is there consent for that? So thinking about things, there are new rules for fantasy and kind of, you know, thinking about sex with other stuff like that. Though some people view that, and I've had cases where they view that as an affair. You thought about someone yes. else, that's an affair, and therefore I'm separating because you, you're not allowed to do it. You can't find anyone else attractive in this world, and you can't think about any form of sexuality or intimacy or connection with anyone else, which is statistically almost impossible. Yes. How do you make that? I mean, how do you make that happen? Just because you find somebody attractive or their personality just really vibes with yours doesn't mean you're going to follow through with any type of physical inappropriateness while you're within a relationship. And so that would be one of the biases that I would have is, yeah, how do you define cheating versus, you know, and an affair and the technicality on that versus someone else, someone's opinion. So it might feel like that. And that's, a you know, an important thing to identify. But then, you know, if that's the dynamic that I'm going to be charged for the crime, but wow, the things that have ran through my mind in terms of, you know, I, I should be in jail then because of you know, driving in, you know, road rage or having an irritation and, you know, thinking like, oh, I wish I would. Yeah, that's like, technically, it's an illegal activity. <laughs> and should I go to jail for that one? Because I thought about it. I know I'm not going to follow through with it, but it is a fleeting thought. Well, and I, th I think, honestly, you know, when you go to places or you see people, it's great to appreciate them or the work that they put into their body or, or their personality or how fun they are. But it really, you know, when you go back to your primary person, it really, okay, well, they were lovely, but look at what I have with my primary person. So I'll give you an example. I just got back from Mexico and we went to some interesting resorts. Yeah. <laughs> I was topless. So there's like, you know, beautiful bodies, all different types of shapes and sizes and colors everywhere. And so then the second resort was clothing optional, which was again, all bunch of shapes and sizes and colors, but it just makes you really kind of connect with your partner more. So was there beautiful people to look at? For sure. Absolutely. I've never seen so much work done on, on female bodies in one place <laughs> at the same time, but it doesn't mean that that's what my partner is looking for, or it doesn't mean that I want to follow through with something nice to look at. That's great, but that's all it is. I think when she said, like, do I have a problem or is he not the one? I think you need to evaluate, again, the whole relationship rather than rely on crushes. Crushes and those feelings are not reliable. You want to have that, you know, what's that relationship foundation really about and to help you answer your question and whether they're the one or not. And I don't think she has a problem. I think no. that's important. No. In fact, it's a healthy, healthy response in my mind. So yeah, I agree with that. Okay. I'm glad we're on the same page. Whew. Last question we've got in this set. So I am married to my beautiful gender fluid partner and we're currently doing long distance. We're in a good place right now. However, I'm really missing sexual and physical intimacy. I'd like to open our relationship to casual sex, flirting, flings, etc. But I'm not sure how to gently bring it up, both with my partner and others that I may have interest in. Is there any advice on the best way to do it? You want to start with that one? No, I started all of them. Your turn just asking the question <laughs> i mean because here we get into now adding in new dynamics to the relationship so this is beyond you know i mean it's still part of that beyond that dynamic of kind of sex and long distance relationships because now you're just basically navigating the relate the relationship and wanting to have sex close to home and so i think the first step you would likely need to do is understand 
um, kind of the open relationship dynamics much better. So again, there's some good books on that. Ethical Slots by Dossie. Do you have any other ones? There's a few in there, but they never come to my mind. That's the easiest one that I think is burned in my memory. <laughs> I, I totally agree. Um, Ethical Slot by Dossie Eastman and Janet Hardy. I think there's uh, more than two is also a book. Poly Secure is a book. So there's definitely material yeah. So yeah, reading and being informed of all the risks should you decide to do that. Because of course, I expect it to be fun. That's your normal response because of that high novelty and high taboo kind of. And so, but when you're starting to actually do this, then I want people to be well informed of the risks, the responsibilities, the hierarchy, the, the consent process, the navigating jealousy and or the issues that may come up. And therefore, and we'll be talking kind of a little bit about this on our next podcast, which will explain more some of these details. But I think in how to bring it up, it's just really being open and honest and a little bit gentle and not suggesting that, oh, I just want to go have sex with other people. It's more of this is what I was thinking. Like, do you have any thoughts on this? Just right Yeah, because right now it's a fantasy. So we're just yeah. talking about fantasies and that's a lot more safer. Then you have to see is if that's something that's in their, you know, their toy box or toolbox of what they're interested in exploring. Because lots of times, if there's that insecurity, what are you going to do to help decrease that insecurity in your partner? And ethical slut goes through that beautifully. Mm-hmm, have a very whole well. thing on jealousy and reassurance and what that looks like and how to get through that. I know you and I both work with couples who want to open up their relationships and it really is, it's stages and it's communication. It's not just like, uh, today I'm monogamous and tomorrow I'm going to be amorous. Yeah. It doesn't work. You can go lots of places once you start that, right? Absolutely. And so there's so much discussion that needs to be surrounding that and boundaries and input. And I think the most important thing is that everybody involved needs to be on the table. So when it says, you know, no pun intended. right. <laughs> Others that they have, have interest in, if you decide to go into a polyamorous dynamic, you've got to be open and honest with the other people you're playing with and say, yes, I do have a primary partner and they're well aware. And if you want the conversation to include the primary partner, which is really, really important. Now we're all on the same page. That's the way to go. Yeah. We have simple, honest, direct, and express your feelings regarding it. And then realize that I think in one of the things she mentioned, there's like, you know, there could be relationships with casual slikes or flirting or flings and your partner might be okay with, let's say, you know, flirting only. And are you okay with that? It opens up the door a little bit, but it's still a lot more safer. And so just knowing what those expectations are and how to, you know, draw those boundaries. Yeah. Also going in, realizing that there's a possibility that the boundaries can change. Right. We might start really, really and then it might be, okay, well, this, that's okay. I have no problem with this. And then we might expand them more, or they might start off really big and where you might bring them back down to, "Mm -mm, this ain't working for me. Sounds great. Yeah. No. Oh no. This is not as great as I thought it would be. (laughs) So so it's just, it's, it's being flexible and be able to work through that and kind of navigate as a good team. I agree. I agree. We don't have any more questions for this particular topic. So takeaways, Dr. Hrushka. Takeaways, key things, takeaways are be able to evaluate, you know, if if this is about sex or if this is about intimacy or the relationship. So make sure you're evaluating a relationship from more than one perspective. It's not just about sex, uh, unless you both agree to that. And so that would be my first one. Uh, Watch for your age of consent dynamics. If you're going to be doing things online, those can get you into some trouble that doesn't really go away too well. No, I'd say 
take a peek at some of those new goodies that are online and or distance related toys that you can kind of have fun with everyone. <laughs> there's some good online videos I've seen of someone <laughs> utilizing them too, you know, going out in public and using them where your partner is kind of uncomfortably comfortable <laughs> having to risk, you know, breaking out a sweat while they're driving. I've seen one or, or in the middle of the mall where, you know, like, drop to their knees as they're kind of turning it on <laughs> drop to their knees so my goodness. yeah there, there's some there's some good funny videos out there uh, probably on, it was on youtube i think i was seeing this where yeah she wore it he was he was kind of playing with it and then they're walking through the mall and so you know they separated and so he's standing above like two stories above looking down as she's walking and all of a sudden he just cranks it full and she's like literally just you know a second later just drops to her knees and kind of like trying to kind of move away but it's so intense uh, i see them number one driving where they're you know <laughs> turning it on while they're driving and you know trying to be able to focus that'd be really oh. interesting to explain someone rushes over oh my goodness you're okay <laughs> yeah i'm good thank you <laughs> oh so good any any I, takeaways from you i think really it, it a lot of this comes down to communication and what you value in relationship i know sex is really really important in relationship but it's not the only thing in relationship long distance is never really easy and just really being open and honest about what you're looking for and what your needs are and how you can compromise and negotiate those needs so you're both on the same page and okay with what's going to be happening awesome yes we got it for today got it for see today next, see you next round thank you 